0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, July 5th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. I hope that everyone had a wonderful, safe, and celebratory 4th of July. I'm going to run through our little bit of news here on my own today, as James was doing the whole suburban dad fireworks thing with his kids last night. And I'm on vacation, and I didn't want to get up early and record this morning. So, I apologize for my selfishness. Speaking of selfishness, before we get into the news, I'm going to plug the first episode of my new show, Tell Me More, which came out yesterday. In it, I talked with actress and author Alexandra Silver about her very first novel, After Anna Tevka, which was released yesterday. And it was truly a wonderful read. So, check that out. It is in your feed now, or you can get it on broadwayradio.com. Okay, on to the news. With yesterday's Independence Day holiday, Broadway stars were outperforming their patriotic best at fireworks displays across the country. As we mentioned earlier this week, Bandstand star Laura Osnes took a few days off from the show to head down to Washington, D.C. for the Capital Fourth, which aired on PBS. Tony winner Heather Headley performed an Elvis Presley song at Macy's 4th of July Fireworks Spectacular. In addition, Leslie Odom Jr. and Alan Menken were on hand at the Boston Pops Fireworks Spectacular. Current Hamilton star Mandy Gonzalez was on hand to perform at the Philly Pops 4th of July festivities as well. So probably by early this morning, maybe even by the time you hear this, those videos should be out there and online and maybe on BroadwayWorld.com. So if you want to extend your Independence Day celebrations, sidle up to your favorite. Broadway star and help belt out those patriotic standards. Earlier this week, James and I mentioned that Josh Groban had ended his run as Pierre and Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812, and that Okurita and had pushed back his first day in the role to July 11th. But what we neglected to mention was that on Monday, multi-platinum recording artist Ingrid Michaelson had joined the show's company as Sonya. Michaelson will only be with the show through August 15th, as the normal Sonya, pertain Ashford, takes a temporary leave. Congratulations to Michelson and everyone over at the Imperial. Now, this story is frustrating on so many levels, but I imagine even more so for those of you that have been fortunate enough to see Ben Platt in his Tony winning role in Dear Evan Hansen. Earlier this week, a small handful of sad, bitter fans, including one fake news spouting mother of two, attacked Platt for not coming out to meet fans following a few performances of the show. From what I understand, Platt regularly comes out to take pictures and sign autographs with fans after the show, which is really beside the point because purchasing a ticket to a musical does not entitle you to a personal audience with its star afterward. Anyway, in the genuine and dignified way that has become the norm for Platt, he responded with a thoughtful Twitter message that read, quote, Performing Dear Evan Hansen every night is wonderful, but also hugely tough. As much as I would like to be out there every night, very often I cannot come to the stage or after the performance. My priority must always be self-care so I can recreate the same quality show each night. That's my job, and what each and every audience member is paying for and deserves. Before you tweet hateful things about how I don't value our incredible fans when I can't come to the door, please pause to consider that my responsibility to them is first and foremost to give my all each night. I preserve myself because I value each of them deeply. I don't feel like I need to add too too much more to that well-crafted statement only to say, folks, a ticket to a show is just that take it to a show. Getting a picture and or an autograph for the cast member afterwards is a nice bonus that, while they might enjoy it, probably is a huge inconvenience for most performers who just want to get home and walk their dog before they go to bed. Think about it, after you get off of a physically and emotionally grueling shift at the widget factory. How would you feel if a horde of die-hard widget fans mobbed you as you left the factory floor clamoring for your autograph? Probably a little flattered at first and honestly confused that there were actually die-hard widget fans out there, but you would probably be glad and honored to sign autographs and take pictures. But on some days, it would probably lead to making the best widgets possible more difficult for you. So cut Broadway performers some slack, especially Ben Platt. Watching him perform those numbers on TV, I I, I worry about him. Give him a break, guys. So it has been a rather tumultuous few months for playwright Edward Albee, especially when you consider the fact that he died last fall. First, there was the casting controversy surrounding the Portland production of his play Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and now, apparently in a will filed in Long Island, he requested that all unfinished manuscripts that he was working on at the time of his death be destroyed. His executors, accountant Arnold Torin and designer William Katz, have not commented on whether they have or, in fact, intend to follow through with the request. But according to the New York Times, as Michael Paulson, they have a little bit of leeway in making that determination. In his article, he wrote, quote, "There is one potentially complicating provision declaring that it is up to the executors to determine what material counts as incomplete and is thus covered by the destruction instruction." Destruction, distraction. One of the works most likely on the chopping block is the last play that he was known to be working on, entitled Laying an Egg, which is about a middle-aged woman struggling to become pregnant. Coincidentally, or perhaps not, a storyline in the play also involves her father's will. The show has twice been slated for a premiere at the Signature Theater Off-Broadway, and twice the playwright has pulled it because he didn't feel that it was ready. So time will tell if his most recent draft of the show ever sees the light of day, but his executors have been publicly complying with the other instructions laid out in the will, including auctioning off Albee's art collection this fall to benefit the Edward Albee Foundation. Finally today, I wanted to bring to your attention an article written by my Broadway World colleague Alexa Crisitello. It was a deeply personal essay about why Groundhog Day the musical meant so much to her. In the article, Alexa writes, quote, I am a chronic human cocktail of awkwardness and depression with an anxiety chaser. Despite that troubling mix of emotions, she writes beautifully about how this musical, which is not your standard Broadway fare, opened her eyes and heart to things she wouldn't have noticed otherwise. She said, quote, I left the theater feeling full of a new kind of wisdom, one that didn't have a catchy tagline, but which imbued a newly raised consciousness that left me feeling closer to the strangers who shuffled out onto the street along with me. I'll let you read the whole thing for yourself. Obviously, I'll have a link in the show notes at broadwayradio.com, but... For a show that, in my opinion, has struggled to make its own case to the wider public, either through televised performances or on its cast album, to me, Alexa provided the musical the best sales job yet. So, thank you, and congratulations, Alexa. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter at Matt, And subscribe to Something Up Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. James and I will be back on Thursday, so we'll talk to you tomorrow.